Hi, welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Prosman. Today's episode, we're discussing the intention behind music. What does it really mean when you set a very specific intention for your musical performance or your musical listening experience? What are those experiences and how do they improve or change with the intention set behind the music? We also discuss experiences that both Bill and myself have had listening to music as well as performing our music with specific intentions set behind those performances or listening experiences. We'll also discuss a little bit about the music industry, performing as an authentic musician, and much, much more as always in these open discussions here on Discussions of Music Healing and Consciousness. You know, I I just want to follow up because I have now, since we talked about it, been trying to figure out my song for moving the car on street sweeping day. Mm. And I have not yet got a song that I really work with. The best one I've got is baby. You can drive my car. Remember that old thing? Yes, I do. (laughs) And and, and as long as it's working, it's fine because I didn't get a ticket this week. So um... (laughs) (laughs) that's good. That's good. But you know what? I'm I'm realizing that it's the intention that matters. I mean, even if you tell yourself, you know, I can't forget to move the car. Um, But if you holistically connect that to anything musical with that intention, it's going to work, right? Even if your yeah. song is happy birthday. What, I mean, pick you know the most banal thing you can ever think of. doesn't matter. If the intention is there, it's going to go. Oh, yeah. And um, so maybe, maybe you can drive my car as the right song. Because <laughs> is there a really a wrong song? You know, if you've got the right intention behind it, you know, I think like you're saying that that brings up a really good point of, you know, what is whatever the intention is behind what you're listening to makes all the difference. Like, I think we've talked about it in a previous episode where <clears throat> there's a world-class violinist performing at a subway and he's got Stradivarius, the, you know, the most incredible violin on the planet. And he's one of the most incredible players, <clears throat> excuse me, on the planet. And everyone walks by and doesn't notice because yeah. the intention behind it is, is is different when i say intention i guess it's more the intention of everyone listening their intention is not to listen to world-class classical music their intention is to get to work yeah in the rat race of life and they're so consumed with that that they're not going to see or hear the beautiful music it's a total setup right you know I mean, you you could you could do that and say and look nobody listened right but normal people are not going to stop and listen to a world-class violinist playing a Stradivarius in a subway. Yeah. That's just too far out there. People who are in a subway are going to stop and listen if they've got time, Mm. you know, to something that is like attention grabbing and makes them forget everything else that's in their thing, except waiting for the train, Um, which, you know, sadly, uh, (laughs) you know, Joshua Bell and Stradivarius playing Rachmaninoff or something is not going to (laughs) do. Yes. Yes. But I think it's like, and then the funny thing is, is that that he he he'll go and sell out a, a massive concert hall for sixty right. to a hundred dollars plus a seat. And right. difference is, is the people. So I know for myself, um, on sort of a oddly enough, on a business level, I I started to shy away from doing, um, let's say, quote unquote, free events because <clears throat> I started to realize, <clears throat> excuse me started to realize that when people um, didn't pay money for something, it had nothing to do with the money. It had everything to do with the intention. Once they put that, that intention and I I will spend that money, whether it's $2, whether it's $50, whatever it is, that means that they're like, well, I spent the money, but there's a deeper level where it's just like, well, I made that intention. I I made that decision to go to this concert. So I'm going to go, I spent the money, I spent the energy, to do it. So I'm now going to go and I'm going to take it in and I'm going to be more present because as, as more materialistic as it sounds, the motivation is, well, I spent the damn money. I better get my money's worth. Well, that's still an intention. And that's still, and that's still a way to absorb something far more in a present way versus, Oh, it's a freebie. You know, I'll see if I like it. You're kind of passive. Right. And you know, with respect, so Jason Mraz got to start playing coffee shops in San Diego and, um, there's an intention in there, right? It's not an intention to be a coffee shop musician. It's an intention to get in front of people with a gift. And, um, and, and I think that that intention rewarded him over all the other people who are singer-songwriters playing in coffee shops in an astronomical way, right? That's incredible. Yeah. And um, 
there's a corollary to this conversation, which is what value do we as artists place on our work? Right. And, you know, I know I've given away a lot of stuff too, uh, especially live concerts. You know, I'll go mm. and play for people in, a, in, in memory care, for example, which mm. I did in school. And you know how satisfying that is. Yes. So there's a two way street on that that doesn't involve money. I just got off the uh, off a phone call with the guy we were talking about valuing what we do. And um, money is useful, right? Because it, it's commercial, lets us do things. And, and money is also under attack cryptocurrencies, the value of the dollar, whatever, all of that. So there's an additional value to it. It's that non-monetary value, the satisfaction that you get or the, the accolades that you receive. But more importantly, what's happening in the audience? Do they feel that they got value for what happened there? And, and was that value not measured in money? Was that value measured in satisfaction or mm. peace or excitement or whatever that you get you know, from coming out of a concert? Um, so those things in, in, in that currency, I think artists are ahead of the curve. Oh, yeah. And we're able to say, you know, this is what we do. And, and it's, it's way more than a paycheck. On the other hand, to all the artists who are out there trying to make it go and, you know, playing for 15 bucks an hour in a coffee shop, if you can get 15 bucks an hour, mm. playing for nothing but tips, um, let's change the value of the equation, right? Let's encourage people to understand what effect the music is having on them, what effect the art hanging in the museum is having on them. Mm. I mean, if you knew that you were able to stand in front of, of a Picasso for an unlimited amount of time, uh, what would you pay for that experience, right? People don't understand what standing in front of a Picasso could really be. Or Absolutely. listening to Joshua Bell in the subway could really be, right? Mm -hmm. And if they did, I think the, the value equation would shift. Mm -hmm. But as leaders, we've got to help lead people there. Mm -hmm. uh, difficult thing because you know, showing up and saying, no, I, I charge $5,000 for a concert when you're not one of the 40 people in the world who's making way more than that per concert, mm. you know, that, that middle ground is like, it's a wide open. It's a big gap. We could flow into that gap with mm -hmm. such a convincing argument. Look at music. It changes you. Mm -hmm. I mean, but you want to just hear music in the background, listen on your phone. You can do that. But if you're into the live experience and you understand what's happening to you when you're in that experience, $20 to be on, you know, on the grass at the back of the Hollywood bowl or wherever you go is, is nothing, nothing. For that, I mean, if you had the money, you could value that experience as a life-changing, transformational moment. And mm -hmm. listening to Tony Bennett live, for example, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did you see the sixty minutes? That cat is like he has Alzheimer's in a way that prevents him from doing most normal things, but he can still perform. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I would give anything that I had to be able to be in a room with him. You know, and it's never happened in my life to be able to be there for that moment, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, here I'm just rambling. I'm just going on. But, but no, you, I love you, it. you know, people, listeners, whoever, musicians, if you're out there, uh, art's been free for so long. And the value of art, at least in these United States and perhaps in Canada as well, is, it's much different than if you were to go to for Af Africa, for example, where oh, music yeah. is part of everyday life. Oh, my God. And every village has someone whose job is to sing the songs of all the people in the village. Mm. Like that's their job, right? Yeah. I don't know how they get paid for that, but that's an important role, you know, really important role. And it's valued that way. When yeah. I, when I'm, when I'm other places in the world and I, I say, I'm a musician, you know, in North America, it's funny. And I'm sure all the artists can relate where you say, whatever your art form is, uh, let's say it's at a dinner table conversation and in North America, it's all like, oh, that's that's nice. Like that's that's super cool. Awesome. What do you what do you do to make a living though? <laughs> right, right. And there's always that question because of course you couldn't possibly making be making a living as an artist. That's ridiculous. And that's just the mindset. That's what I've grown up thinking for crying out loud, because yeah. that's the conditioning that we've all been through. Right. And then you go somewhere like even in Europe, it doesn't even have to be Africa, because I know even just in places like Europe, you say, Oh, I'm an artist, and 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 it, there's a much different level of respect and a much different reaction, which is amazing. What are you working on? Yeah. And you, there's no like you don't get into the uh, that's a nice side hustle, Chris. But what are you doing for real money? Yeah, I'm like this is my real money, <laughs> you know. When and it's it's that uh, perception I think that people have in different cultures where they value and and understand the arts on a much more fundamental level where they're like this is just as important as a doctor as a lawyer as accountants like mm -hmm. those professions get are very important professions and and rightfully so have a lot of respect 
clout and get compensated financially in a more fair way. Um, the why why aren't the arts? And we this is a huge discussion because you can get really go down that rabbit hole as to well, really, why are the arts not valued in that same um, um, the monetary way? You know, and and why is it sometimes valued more in other cultures versus others? At the end of the day, though, it's what I find really interesting is even in the Western culture, let's say in North America, when people initially think of money or sorry, think of music, let's just say as an example, as a, as a career wheel, you'll never make any money. But then you you allow that person to have a musical experience with you. So this has happened to me before where someone will ask me at a, at a dinner party or something. What do I do? Oh, that's nice. What else do you do? No, this is what I do. Oh, interesting. You actually make a living. Yeah, I can. Oh, interesting. Night progresses. Maybe I play my piano at some point in that night. And then they get to really experience the music firsthand from that live performance. And because it's an intimate concert and I can, and I have a really, like, you know, I can really connect with the, those people that were very uh, doubtful in the beginning, not their fault, not, not any animosity, just because just the way it is. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the night, they'll come up, they'll come up to me. This has happened on several occasions and they'll be like, I don't know what I was saying before about, you know, not having any, that was such an insanely valuable experience. I felt myself shift and, and heal in that moment. Um, I, I, I pay doctors to do less than what I just got right now. Yeah. And so, you know, it is valuable and, and I would pay anything to experience that again. You know, I'm like, great. <laughs> so what if all the musicians in the world had that as their core reason? And not only owned it, but offered it. Mm. Not not like you know scientific and all that and evidence and blah blah blah, but just saying before every song or after, before you know a set or something. By the way, have you thought about what this music actually does to you mm. when you hear it? Mm -hmm. And then start playing, mm -hmm. just to in, give the invitation, you know not some scientific evidence based on blah, blah, blah with Alzheimer's and you did blah, 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 you know, and just yeah, like laying yeah. out all the things. And unless you have Alzheimer's, it doesn't matter. But just saying to the general world, wouldn't more people have that experience that you're, that you've just described, right? I think so. And you know, that that's a great invitation because it's an invitation for a bigger intention than just, Oh, you know, Chris is going to play the piano. Bill's going to play ragtime, you know, which is what the family asked me to play every time we get together. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't mind because I like playing ragtime, but, but you know, it's bigger than that. If, if the symphony conductor were to turn around or Bono were to turn around to the audience, you know, after an amazing set and say, Hey, by the way, do you have any idea what's going on to you? Like neurologically, physiologically right now. Right. Have you thought about that? Have you, did you, I mean, when after this concert, go figure that out, right? Go experiment with it. Do your own research, to, to mm. quote a phrase. Mm -hmm. But what kind of power would that give people to become more engaged in their own healing, their yeah. own journey? You know, just and, to just just to know it's like, oh, by the way, every cell in your body has physiologically shifted throughout this performance. FYI. Yeah, just by the way, just in case. <laughs> and then hit a really great really you know an amazing high note and say now by the way that just did this to you yeah right yeah quick demonstration you know uh, we have this great burden as musicians and as i'm saying that i can hear not one but like two car alarms going off in the background <laughs> hopefully it's getting it onto the track because Can't it's making it. my point yeah oh man i should walk outside it, it's making my point because sound affects us and it's a big responsibility to make sound mm. not just for yourself but you know for one other person i mean I, I often ask people have you ever had someone sing a love song to you mm. like even somebody you don't know they don't love or whatever have you right. ever had a personal experience of somebody singing a love song as if it was for you right mm. wow that will wake up your heart <laughs> right you, you've never felt that mm. and uh, it Unless it's intentional, but, but it's just offering the intention. Mm. I mean, I, I've goofed around with people in music all my life and, and that's a crazy intention too, you know, like I play ragtime. So I get people to stop time and teaching them how to do it. And then watching them all do it like a room full of people, hundreds of people all stop timing while you play rag on the piano. It's like, uh, that's crazy, but the kind of entrainment and joy and all of the stuff that goes with that. 
And the fact that you could go home and do that for yourself, you don't need me, you go home, put on a record, you know, and, and stop time, if that's your thing. You don't need, I mean, it's nice to be a part of that and mm-hmm. it helps pay the bills when we are, right, Chris? It's yeah. like, that's, that's how we show up in the world. But mm-hmm. offering that experience and saying, hey, audience of people who like to play the kazoo, take that home, <laughs> give one to your kids. And anytime you want to have a silly experience of cohesion and enjoyment and um, entrainment, grab your kazoo and, and put on some crazy music, whatever it is, kazoo with it, you know? Yeah. What an incredible way to find um, behavioral health. Oh my God. I mean, like, and, and the funny thing is for, for the musicians out there, it, it is karmic in the sense that all that stuff that you're doing, it comes back. And so you don't even have to go out anymore. I'm finding and say, Hey guys, like let, let's think about and talk about how valuable music is. And then whatever that value is, you know, you can feel free to e-transfer me that after the show or whatever. Now that can totally work. But what I've been finding is that when you, really output when you when you start i i've i've really had to remove my ego from my music career and i i will definitely say honestly that it was pretty more involved than i ever really thought um i'd say for the last decade of my career and only in the last maybe several years have i really removed the ego and and have now come at my music from a service standpoint in terms of how can this serve humanity myself as well as as much as just anybody else and now that I'm coming at it with that perspective, um, for example, I played a show in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia a couple of weeks ago. I think I mentioned this to you. At, yeah, how'd it go? Show. It was fantastic. And one of the reasons why, it was so amazing. Um, one of the reasons why is because the performer I was I was performing with, uh, Tennyson King, he's a folk, uh, folk artist, kind of like um, Jack Johnson meets... Um, uh, John Mayer kind of vibe. Perfect. Right. But he's, you know, it's poppy, it's catchy. However, his music is very intentional in the sense that it's about human connection almost always. And he's such a connector on stage. So my job is to hold the fort down musically while he runs around and engages with the audience. Well, guess what? Like we had a virtual a digital tip jar and a legitimate tip jar going where there's now like QR codes that you can actually, people can scan and send tips, which is brilliant, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, not much activity at the beginning of the set. And as we continue to engage the audience, and when I say engage, I mean, we're getting them to sing. He's he's playing songs that, you know, they're his originals. No one's heard them uh, at the show, though. And so he's teaching them the lyrics in real time and singing along these chorus with very uplifting, empowering lyrics. And this is happening on multiple songs. He's getting people up to dance. He one song. He's he's always able to find someone in the audience who's got a birthday. Makes it all about them and their birthday in a really fun way. I mean, we're talking just—is this like a monumental thing? No, it's just it's just basic audience engagement. But he's so gifted at it that at the end of the show, people are running up to just tip, 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 because the appreciation is there. We didn't ask for it. Not one point did we ever ask. We just gave. And, but we gave with a very particular intention and, and gave it with a sense of respect for our craft. Like we know we're very gifted musicians and we know that we give a lot in our performances. And I think now that we're at that stage in our careers, it gets reciprocated because we have that frequency, that, that energy of that, you know, I respect my work and my craft and I'm excited to give, give it to everyone today. And, you know, just reciprocity. You give back what you feel is is good. And it's always going to be, you know, the show we played was not even a high paying show. And we took it strategically because we're like, no, it's going to be a good audience. And we know this is more like a, an expansion of the project where more ears can hear it. So long story short, the venue's like, yeah, got to have you guys back. We're going to have you play for hundreds of people now and, and much more things. We're going to pay you way more. And again, did we ask for it? No we put out that intention and we put out that energy and that's how it came back to us, which I think is, is really interesting. That's a, an amazing form of conscious investment. <laughs> I don't know if anybody calls it that yet, but it I like I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking about how you normally like invest in stocks or mutual funds. <laughs> yeah. like you want to be safe. You buy a bank CD or whatever, Yeah. but um, the investment of, and it's a dual investment, like the investment of, of your time and energy was rewarded with money. Yes, but the conscious investment of uh, intention, whatever that is in that box, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's real. It's it's something that you decided ahead of time you were going to do this for these reasons, right? And mm-hmm. to be of service and whatever all the stuff mm-hmm. uh, was rewarded. 
doubly, right? Not only did you get additional paying gig out of it, you also got um, a, an audience engagement. Yeah. That was significant, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you have to work for that because people don't necessarily show up with the same intention that you bring. Exactly. But once you offer it to them, they align very quickly, especially with music, because music just greases everything, right? So that I know. all of a sudden you're in the zone and everybody's in the zone, right? And uh, and that's the beautiful return on that investment, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it pays off. But I mean, look how I, I'm watching Chris as he's telling the story, everybody. So we're, we're actually on Zoom. We can see each other. And I'm watching Chris tell the story and he is lit up. Like <laughs> This is one happy guy. He's talking about this concert. And you know, we've all played those gigs where there's one person and, you know, in the audience and they aren't mm -hmm. paying attention. So as I'm watching Chris tell the story, you can tell how fun it was just by watching his face, right? You can see that joy and the connection that happened and, and the, um, the way we feel as musicians after a concert like that is all over Chris's face when he's telling the story, <laughs> right? And, and yeah. that's, that's the real payoff because hello, pandemic ridden world. Mm. Isn't that what we want? Right, isn't connection what we want? Yeah, and and why not be in that business? It's not the music business. It's, it's like the music is just the vehicle. Yes, you know? and yeah. and there we are. I mean, you could have been doing that um, as you have, sitting around a campfire in the middle of a forest someplace with a bunch mm -hmm. of friends, mm -hmm. and everybody's singing, you know, and participating. And it turns out music is the vehicle. It works there too. Mm -hmm. Right, the unexpected gift of. Um, of music. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Like I, I remember visiting my family this summer back in Ontario and I, uh, I had my guitar with me as like my, um, my little healing tool really more than anything. Like, uh, at a, at a particular family event, I could, you know, if you start to just feel things get a little <laughs> stale or, uh, or, right, or stale or, or political yeah. <laughs> or, or definitely political. And I'm almost never on the same side as most of my family. Yeah, and neither. that's, and that's fine. That's totally okay. I don't care. I just, I love them nevertheless. And, um, what and by I the way, find yes, family, I do too, just to be about that <laughs> bill loves his family just as much as chris yes and we love our families very much so many of them don't see things but anyway um no, no judgment you were saying no, no it's no judgment at all i love them to death and uh, one of the things i love to do with my family um you know despite any of the differences is play music because it just yeah. completely transcends all that and at the end of the day we're like what were we arguing about again i can't remember right. i just played a couple of tunes i had a blast we're singing, you know, we're playing together. There's that synergy, that symbiosis that happens when you create music together. There's just the joy of experiencing the music. My mom, she'll sometimes not, she usually won't participate, but she always wants to come into the room that we're playing in and she just sits and reads, you know, or, yeah. you know, just to absorb it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then me and my dad are playing or something, you know what I mean? And, or, or whatever the situation is. And I just found this summer specifically, I was a lot more consciously aware of how it would just equalize everyone in the room all of a sudden you could be polarized on all these topics and then yeah. boom you play a song and we're all singing together we're all saying this singing the same song we're all in a blast we're all enjoying ourselves we're playing we're all like our inner child are, are all we're all kids again no matter what our age is yeah and it's just a beautiful thing it really 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 brings people together and you know, for the listeners out there, if you're not a musician, it really doesn't like like Bill wisely said. It's not. It's just a. It's just a conduit. It's just a a medium that we use to connect people. At film, same effect. Art, same effect. Um, being a very gifted storyteller, speaker, same effect. Uh, I just recently watched some stand up comedy hilarious and incredibly connecting same effect yes. you know so it, it, there's many art forms you don't even have to be in the arts you can be an entrepreneur and be making these you can be an event planner and create incredible conscious events or you know it, it, it it's it, it's endless it's obviously infinite and the, i think it goes back to like you said it's the intention what's the intention behind this and and that kind of makes well all the difference because you know for me um just a one last thought that just came to mind for me like what i'm remembering from my old self was my intention, if I really, really, really am honest with myself, a lot of the time throughout all my 20s was, well, I want to be a rock star and I, I do want to be famous. And while I want it for a lot of good reasons to do good in the world, there's still an underlying ego, which is I want that success, right. that ambiguous, whatever the hell that even means success because i want to prove my teachers wrong and i want to prove some of my family wrong and <laughs> oh, some man, of my friends so much alike <laughs> you know <laughs> but i have to let go of that man because yeah. like 
is it that was my biggest that was my biggest thing holding me back was my ego and and it kept me from collaborations with really amazing people too so i think for those listening to it's just like it's always good to check in with that ego it's it's good egos we have it for a reason it's okay to have a healthy ego but um i think we it's good to ask yourself like but why why am i really pursuing this is is it to you know what is it is a material surface layer accolade thing which is fine or is it something deeper and more and more profound because those deeper and more profound reasons which is like i just need to perform for people i need them to connect through this that's a very different thing and i think that's why i'm seeing different results i guess as a as a cause to that there's probably a, a direct relationship between ego and earning yeah you know? and if if you're not earning check your ego right um i've I'm a big fan of Liz Gilbert and my wife recently read a book that Liz wrote for as she, um, my wife was in studying in a course, an English course at Arizona state university. And one mm. of the things that jumped out about this was that Liz Gilbert said, you know, you should not pursue your art as a career because that takes all the joy out of it and the spontaneity and whatever. And I think for many artists, that's probably true. Like you could really go through an ego death. If you put all of your eggs into the art basket, on the other hand, Maybe you need an ego death, right? To get to the next level. And it's hard because we're taught as students of music to have control and to be very, you know, specific about things and to actually use the part of us that drives us to make our performance as good as possible. What's the same thing that's driving our ego to be as big as possible. And it's hard to have the one and not the other, but it's possible to have the one and not the other, start practicing non-attachment and you know, all of acceptance, and all the other things that go along with whatever your ego investment might be mm. and just realign those so that all of that unis is now focused on producing the very best possible thing that you can for someone else. Mm-hmm. It's not producing it for yourself. It's producing it with the intention to give it, right? Mm. To offer it. And, and that can be challenging. You know, I've gone into places where I felt I wasn't prepared and you don't take ego into those places. You're like scared, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. you're going to, and, and some of that scaredness is butterflies. It's good too, mm-hmm. but it's a good reminder that it isn't about who you are. It's about what you can give. Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, here in the West, we always go to the experts, you know, and we don't feel like we can participate unless we're good enough to play. You yeah. know, you've, you've led jam sessions. You know how that works. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's just no need for that. Show up. Do what you do. I'm, I'm leading this sing-along, public sing-along, right? I don't mm. sing. But I, mean, I sing well enough to do this. And I have other qualities that I can use to organize and make it happen and make it fun for people who do have good voices and love to sing, right? Mm. And, and why not, right? It's not about me. It's about offering something that, you know, there's a gap. There are no public sing-alongs in San Diego. (laughs) So you're filling that. So I'm filling one. Who knows if that's necessary, but apparently it's necessary for some people. We know it's necessary. And you and I know it's necessary, (laughs) right? We we know. So, uh, so yeah, the ego thing is hard, man. It's really hard, Chris. And and I think your story of the concert that you gave is a really good one Hmm. that says, that that shows how to use your ego properly, right? I know a lot of people out there are going to say, you know, you shouldn't use ego at all, but I think there's a positive side to that. I do agree. There's enough awareness in ego, if you can steer it, to 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 make something useful happen, you know, to not not and that useful thing is not putting yourself out in front of the stage and I'm the best and whatever and look at me. It's this gift that I've been given, that I've nurtured, that I can use, is here for you. Mm -hmm. And I just happen to be the guy who's who's giving it tonight, right, or whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's the part also I find that's like a self-respect and, um, you know, the ego keeps for me, like I, I find part of my ego is like, yeah, Chris, like you, you are a great musician and, you know, you're, you're definitely here to, to allow others to experience that and to shift others, you know, to shift consciousness through your music. And, you know, th- this is a, there's a reason you have the skill and this talent use it just like every single one of us has a variety of skills and talents that we are gifted at the beginning of this life and it's always the things that we're passionate about you know and that could be anything but when we're in pursuit of those those innate gifts that we're all given that's when we thrive and that's when we're always happiest and 
you know, I found when I started to do music for the wrong reasons, it would fall out of alignment with why I was given the gift and the talent of music. You know, when I would fall into really trying to hit the corporate side of music and 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 truly treat it like a, a stereotypical career, um, which when you're mentioning that, like, don't have music as your career. I think I, I agree with that on a more metaphorical level. Right. Not I necessarily think I literally. Not literally. Yeah. And the thing is, is I did take a break from music for um, a period periods of time throughout my twenties. Not long, because it would be it'd be really hard for me uh, from a deep soul love level to give it up that long. I would always kind of come back, but kind of like um, you know, like a lover that you're just you're always going back to. And uh, that was always music for me. But when I would take those breaks and pursue my other passions like filmmaking and and business and entrepreneurship, it would always. It would always remind me, though, that like, okay, you know why it wasn't working, Chris, is because you were treating music too much like not not like a business you want as an artist and as a musician full time. You have to treat it like a business. However, you're only thinking business and you're thinking all of the nuts and bolts, left brain, logic minded, monetized kind of things that you're you're losing the soul of music. And if you don't have that, then music's nothing without soul. So if you get caught up in the career and you get caught up in the numbers and, and all that stuff, which I easily did for a lot of time oh, sure. and, really and, and how, and how difficult it is to get those numbers, or at least difficult when you're in the wrong mindset to get those yeah. numbers, that's when you can fall into music really started to, for at points for me, really started to feel like a chore, started to feel really heavy, not fun. And that's when I would always take my breaks away from it. It was like, whoa, 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 this is too much. Yeah. Can't I think this. that's what Liz Gilbert was getting at because you don't want that burden as an artist. It, it's an artificial, um, it's an artificial limit, you know, mm. of your ego getting in the way. Mm. But the the tough thing, of course, as artists, is finding an audience, finding a paying audience, uh, and making that happen. And I suppose commercially, you could say somebody like Thomas Kincaid, the painter of light, was able to do that successfully. Mm. On the other hand, that cat painted stuff that is gorgeous, beautiful, far beyond the commercial stuff that he's done um, that you can tell obviously comes from the authentic him versus the other stuff that he was doing, you know, for marketing reasons to be able to mm -hmm. make a living at it, you know, hit it mm -hmm. out of the park, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And living in that bifurcated place, I don't think is, is a good idea. Mm. I feel it's much more healthy for artists to be all or nothing, right? Mm. in it mm -hmm. as their authentic um broken ego confused like all of that is part of the art mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and without those things um you haven't got it. it doesn't matter how much somebody's paying for it without those things it is an art mm. i feel i mean just me but um i mean uh, what tony robbins does i think is a form of art yeah you know the guy's amazing and he is the he is the ultimate storyteller he has such empathy with people he can pull it together when everything is falling apart um if you haven't seen the movie i am not your guru i think it's out there on netflix I'm not sure where That's it is right. anymore but what an amazing self-effacing um vulnerable way to go behind the scenes on somebody who is so commercial and so successful and find out that the soul is really there you know even though all of the nuts and bolts are incredibly complex and he has to work so hard to make everything happen when it comes to Tony going on stage, you know, and that's what we all strive for, right? That mm. moment where everything else doesn't matter and you step in front of the audience and, and allow the, the experience to happen. Right. Mm. I don't even feel like I'm part of the experience or that I'm yeah. making it happen. I feel more like I'm sort of observing in that moment. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's what we're all after, right? So we all want to join with the audience in that moment if we're doing it right. That made me think, Bill, it's just like you're giving me these ideas here. Like, I think Tony's, first of all, he's a performer, you know, like as much oh, yeah. as a lot of that. I mean, like his shows are, I mean, there's so much music, there's meditation, there's so much going on. It's a real performance. But, you know, before we get to that level, and that size where it can feel very daunting, I know, I know for myself as a recovering uh, perfectionist and someone who, <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone who would, uh, who would always look at these, the highest achievers and be like, I need to be that or higher is where I've dialed back to is like, okay, I'll give you an example of 
what I'm doing now on a much smaller level, but I still feel it's so different than to what I was doing previously, which was more ego driven. And that's putting small concerts now together. I'm actually at the end of November. Um, I've got another collaborator who, you know, Shashila um, producing um, her own original music now. And uh, she's such a gifted vocalist and I'm going to be performing with her. And we were both talking about this and how like, I'm, I'm personally as well. I'm done with the hustle and doesn't mean I don't do hard work. I'm done with the hustle and grind aspect of, I got to go out and I got to convince a whole bunch of people to go buy my music, come to my shows, whatever the hell it is. I'm done with that. I will put it. It's so 3d. And I know what going back into that state of like, when you can have that very healthy balance with your ego is like, no, I know what I'm worth. And I also know what my intention is, which is to, you know, elevate human consciousness, connect people through music, allow people to heal through music. I know that's my mission. That's always what I'm doing. All I need to do now is focus on my work and then literally just have the right ears and eyes see and hear my music and they'll do all the other work. And does that mean collaborating with a marketing company? Definitely not necessarily. I literally mean like we're going to have a, a house concert here in my, my studio where we're going to invite like 15 people over to sit on some cushions and listen to us perform our set before we even go to a venue, because we're going to be very, very, very intentional and specific with those 15 people that we're bringing. They're all going to be people with massive networks that we already know. And they're going to be people who will also resonate with our message, resonate with our kind of vibe of the music and all that. So it's like a handpicked audience that we know will cause a massive ripple effect outward. And, and then the opportunities will continue and they already are, but they will continue to come in versus this, you know, I like the analogy. I've been told this a couple of times. It's instead of, you know, you want to be the lighthouse as an artist, the lighthouse shines its light so bright that all the ships come in from all these different places, right. To this one source of light versus what I did throughout my last good God, 20 years of my life, probably, which was be the tugboat. The tugboat goes out, brings something in, goes out, brings something in, goes out, brings, it's exhausting. Yeah, and boring. <laughs> and boring and monotonous after a while. And, and that's why you get frustrated, right? And it's not about the art anymore. It's about how bigger, better, faster your tugboat is. You're spending more time on the tugboat. <laughs> You're spending more time on your gas and your maintenance than you are at any point developing what you're really supposed to be doing, which is your art, whatever that is. Don't tell anybody because pretty soon there'll be people who are branding themselves as conscious marketers <laughs> and using the lighthouse <laughs> analogy and the organic, you know, hand-picked audience. But that feels so good. Doesn't it? Right? Yeah. Versus grinding it out. It's like, oh man. I can't. <laughs> I'm just done with it. It's exhausting. It's and exhausting. I'd rather, you know, I, I, I'm, I have no trouble hard work and tiredness. Me too. Like you said, you know, yeah. but I want to work in a way that, that is skillful. You know, it isn't just turning the crank or making the flywheel spin faster. Um, I was talking to somebody today and, and he said, well, Bill, how do you grow your business? And I said, well, I grow my business by helping people like you understand and use the concepts of music care. I don't have to certify you. I don't have to, you know, you have to take my training. If you find all this on your own, like I did, great, no problem. But I just want people to know that there's intelligence behind the power of music. It's not some woo-woo thing, you know? No. And, no. and that you can use it and do that, right? Mm -hmm. That's being the lighthouse. And hopefully that improves their business, right? In a way that is far beyond anything that I could have imagined or dreamed or taught or, you know, guest and we know it does because it shifts you on such a deep level yeah and what i've learned from business is it's got nothing to do with the extremities and the exterior material um things like even just like branding and marketing all those terms i'm like i look at it at a much higher level now where it's like what is the soul behind this business you know like what is the purpose you know, are you actually here to serve? Or are you specifically here to make money? And there is a very big difference. If you're out serving in whatever way that is, providing a really important product for people, or again, another service like Music Care, where teaching people how they can empower themselves and heal themselves through music in their own lives, you know, like whatever it is, 
that just gets reciprocated in an energy form. And that's what we call in this third dimensional reality money. That's all that is. And it's just yeah. a byproduct of all the amazing, you know, vibrations and frequencies you're putting out there with your intention of, of your business. And that's where, again, when these businesses resonate with people, they go viral and you don't need any marketing. And there's so yeah. many examples. We could, doesn't waste a time to go down them. There's so many examples of businesses that do blow up overnight because they resonate with people. And it's yeah. the message and the intention behind the business. You get a couple of the right eyeballs and then they shoot it out to their massive networks and then boom, you truly are that overnight success. And no overnight success is, of course, happens overnight, but it happens in terms of people seeing it. That can happen right. overnight. That can happen overnight. 100%. Yeah. And it's, you know, with great respect, to all the marketers out there, and I know a lot of them and they're amazing. Yes. Yes. It's really impossible to teach somebody how to do a viral video. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you can, you can look at it. Uh, you can get the book, talk like Ted. Okay. So you, you want to give a TEDx talk, get the book, follow the instructions. On the other hand, there are people who are breaking all those rules who ought to be on the TED stage mm -hmm. and won't go because it's not about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. For them, it's not about that. I mean, Zig Ziglar comes to mind. He was too, he, he was gone before Ted started. Right. Okay. But um, what an inspiring guy. It doesn't matter if you're interested in selling more or whatever. You'd go to hear Zig Ziglar because he was an incredible storyteller and it was just being in the room, right? Mm. Like Tony Robbins, being in the room, mm. like Tony Bennett, being right. in the room, you know, it right. doesn't matter. Um, I saw Dr. John perform maybe three times in my life. I don't know just why. It just worked out. I saw him. And one of those was with um, Leon Russell. Mm. They did a combined show, right? And uh, both of them are gone now. And it just felt incredible to be in the room with him, with them. Mm. Like there was some gift of their life that they were giving to all of us that evening that was beyond the music and beyond whether they hit all the right notes, mm. you know, and, and beyond all of that, there was this monumental um, cultural icon in the room, mm. you know, and, and these are cats that have played in front of, I don't know, 50,000 people. How big is the biggest stadium you can imagine? Like they've right. been in that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just, you just, you're just so grateful to be there. It's it it goes again. You're, it's a really good point, Billy. Like you go beyond the music with with people like that, where when it really comes down, and this transcends music, right? When it comes down yeah, to yeah. people truly being in their passion, truly living out their life purpose, which is the same thing, it, and purposes. Okay, we're multifaceted people. We don't have to always get stuck into one direction too. Yeah. But regardless, when you're in that and you're giving that people, it's just like honesty and authenticity. You can't fake that people. They know you're BSing them or they know when you're being real with them yeah. and they know when you're being authentic. And so these people, when they come out and they're just nothing but authentic and they're so genuine and they clearly love what they do, they love communicating that with everybody. I mean, you pick up on all of that before they even hit a note. And then after they've gone through that beautiful, whatever concert they've done, you're just left there with such a, just that, that indescribable, incredible feeling of love and connection. You know, I remember seeing a, a Flaming Lips concert. I've seen them a couple of times now in concert, phenomenal psychedelic rock band. Um, and they are so good. Specifically, the lead singer, Wayne Coyne, is so gifted at immediate audience connection immediate vulnerability and just joy, love, love, joy, joy, love, love, like blasting you the entire night Yeah, where it's just like, we're all, and like the, the crowds typically are quite eclectic, like a very mixed group of people from all walks of life typically go to their shows because they're all coming together on love, universal love, and, and just that deep human consciousness connection. And, and it's just, literally projected in every possible way from their shows. And they spend a lot of money on their props and on their performances. Every show, they don't have to, they definitely don't have to now they still do because it's not about the money at that stage for them. It's all about yeah. intention, connection, love, all that good stuff. <laughs> That's why it's worth paying $500, you know? And I would anytime yeah. to see a band like that, to have an Seriously. experience like that. I mean, yeah. I paid lots of money to go to Egypt and have that experience. And it's right. just the same thing as paying to go to see an incredible concert. It takes you somewhere. You may as well go on a, 
a damn trip. It's like a vacation for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and gosh, so important to change the way that the masses think about this because chasing the dollar and all of that could be the, the wrong chase. You know, I've, I've heard, I can't think of any right now, but we've all heard the stories of people who were doing this thing in the corporate world. And then they pivoted and they did a thing in the nonprofit world mm. that was so much more aligned with who they are and blah, 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 and all of that, right? They, mm-hmm. they really found their home when they took the profit motive out of the game. Yeah. And, and that's the point I want to make is that that's a, that's a conscious shift. Yeah. You know, uh, I know other people that start out in nonprofit state all their life and people who start out in public service and state all their life. And that's fine too. But there's this conscious shift away from the dollar to the, I what, what would we call it? The, um, the non-dollar reward. Well, it's a non- heart-based or a consciousness-based yeah. thing. It's, it's karma. It's like a different currency, I guess. Yeah. It's changing the currency. That's right. Mm. Yeah. It's changing the currency. And, and that's so satisfying for people that way. I mean, gosh, I know people who've worked in the nonprofit world all day for their entire career because not because it was for the money. They knew they weren't getting paid what they were worth Mm. because of the impact. And maybe that's a good model for, you know, artists and musicians where we do this not for the money, but for the impact. And you can monetize the impact and you can still have all of those um, money, financial rewards and, and that abundance. You can absolutely have that. It just can't be the the sole reason or the or the foundational reason that you're doing what you're doing because i find typically when people drop out of like okay okay you know what i'm not doing this for the money i got i'm doing this because i ultimately love it yes i can treat it as a business yes i can take this seriously and still make this a very big part of my life but let's let's take the money out let's just be doing this for the love of it well typically once that of course starts to happen is when you start making more money at that craft almost Always, I see that because you get out of your own way, you you take down those those that incredible pressure that you don't even realize you're putting on yourself, and then all of a sudden things and opportunities just start to fall into your lap, and you're like, "What the hell <laughs> is happening?" And I'm definitely making more money at music now than I have in the past, and and I I don't even know how much because I'm not really quite keeping track of it yet, and that's fine because it's just like right now it feels like a beautiful ride down this pretty cool river. And I got an epic kayak and I'm just yeah, <laughs> going with the flow, going with the flow. <laughs> Protsman with the assist, noble for the goal. Yay! Right? You, I teed that up and you took it and it was perfect. Nice. You know, and, and yes, why not have it all? You why not? Right. We're I mean allowed to. It's okay. What is somebody I don't know who it was said, you know, if you if you have a big enough thing. The world will be to pass your door to consume what you've got or take your offer or experience your your service or whatever it is right and um and this one we're talking about people is profound mm. it's nothing less than transformational it's healing you know it, it's consciousness it's all of that too so all the woo but it, i mean this is a this is a right in the gut you know it's right to the heart kind of thing yeah yeah that we're doing here and every one of us as a human being can do it like that love song, singing love. Have you ever sung a, a lullaby to your child, right? Mm. Do that. Experience that. Do it. I mean, it's going to be, they'll probably not remember if they're a toddler or an infant or something like that, but do that for yourself, mm. right? And see what it's like to sing what's in your heart mm-hmm. for someone else. And if you get to receive that, see what it's like to receive that. You know, Tell your loved one who can sing that you want to hear them sing uh, the most meaningful song you can think of, right, for you. And, and experience that. And, and um, you know, it's, it's not hard. And it doesn't matter if you're not a great singer. I'm a terrible singer. And I've, I've sung the lullaby for my kids, you know. And um, I have yet to sing my wife a love song, though. Ooh, so I think I've you had to <laughs> for me, but I have yet to sing for her. Ooh, so okay. um, there's, there it is. Barker there's the, cha- the, there's the challenge for yourself. There's the challenge. I'll have to <laughs> sing. I've sang one for, uh, for friends. I've sang love songs before to people. So now... I don't think I've ever sung anything like that for my parents, though. So maybe that's something I could do. Oh my reverse, gosh. reverse the rules, but yeah. I know you've. Pl- we'll, we'll have a conversation about this at some point. But um, I've played for people who are at end of life, and um, in part of or ensembles that do that, you know, mm. and not in the hospital, but people who are terminally ill with cancer or something. And we've come together to to offer the music that's important to them. 
Mm. And that is such an amazing experience. Um, it, there, there's nothing quite like knowing that you got to be part of the final journey, mm. you know, of a loved one. No, oh. um, it's a different feeling. But I, I think there's an importance in in recognizing these these moments, you know, these 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 gateway moments, and being able to offer our gifts and whether it's poetry or music or art or just being present, which is mm -hmm. what most of us do. We all, we, we all have our gifts. We all have gifts. Every single one of us and everyone's creative. You know, I don't care if you're in the arts or you're in business or whatever yeah. it is. We're all creative because we're human. You know, it's just part of how we are. We're creative beings. And I think um, it's about time we stop getting in our own way. It's really, yes, society creates a lot of obstacles, but ultimately it's us that build them and, and keep them in front of ourselves and don't, you know, um, build ladders over top of them or, or just ultimate ways to dissolve them altogether. Because I know for myself personally, I've always been the biggest obstacle in my way for anything in terms of my career or, yeah. or any other part of my life. And so now staying out of my own way, which is a lot of part of that ego and, and expectations and pressures and stuff. And, and just know that ultimately, if you love it and you enjoy it, that that joy and, and that organic expansion of, of following a passion like that is just going to ultimately continue to lead to more and more opportunities. And instead of having this grandiose idea of what it means to be successful and what it means to be this rock star or whatever it is in your profession, maybe allow the universe or life to carve out that perfect, perfect situation for you. And you just basically steer the boat down the river, but you ultimately don't even know where it's going to go. But you know it's going to go somewhere pretty awesome, and that's part part of the fun is the unexpected twists and turns of of life, right? And let's let's hope it along with a challenge. If you're listening to this, um, here's your challenge: sing a love song to someone that you care for, and then comment and tell us what what the song was and what the response was, and just like tell the story of the experience in a few words because um, that's a cool intention. That's an awesome intention. I love it. Let's leave it at that then. Because yeah. I, I have to run off to a meditation now. <laughs> oh, run to a meditation. That's I'm going to go run to a meditation. <laughs> Stop when you're there. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I don't keep running. <laughs> Thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya. Samara Huchaya.